on a daily basis with all the content we deal with, these things keep repeating. What is in my process? What is happening in my body? How do I feel? Can I share it with Chad? And then what do I need to be comforted in that moment? This is the Connecting Couples Podcast with The Real Emhoffs. I'm Angela Emhoff. And I'm Chad Emhoff, and we're going to talk a little bit about how do we respond to pain in the present. You know, this whole series is really focused on a premarital program that we've developed that talks about what we wish we had known. Um, and so we're really talking about that today. We're going to say, how do we help each other out in moments of distress, in the relationship, in the present? And so we're going to go through that in this episode and really try to help you understand how do you show up? How do you take care of one another when things go wrong in life? You know, there is a guarantee in, in life, and that is that things will happen. <laughs> Bad things happen. Things might not go the way you planned. Yeah. And, and whether that's a flat tire on the way to work or whether that's a boss yelling at you or getting fired or having to change houses or having something go wrong at a house, these things happen to all of us and distress hits all of us in different ways. And we need to have a plan. If we're a team, if we're a unit, right, we join our lives together. We need to have a plan for how do I help support you in your moments of distress and how do you help support me in my moments of distress? And interestingly, those things are generally different. Go it ahead. seems like there's this possible implication from the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, that if Chad is feeling distressed, then I want to respond to him the way I would want to be treated in that distress. But like we have made abundantly clear in the previous episodes, we are all unique individuals with unique experiences that we bring into our relationships and we don't need the same thing. We often don't want the same thing. And that doesn't mean that we can't do great a relationship together. What it does mean is we have to understand ourselves and our partners a little bit more than we do. And so we want to kind of take last episode where we really talked about what does it look like to respond to maybe a time in your past when you didn't get responded to. And can you allow your partner into that space for them to respond to it now and do some healing? Now we want to take it right into to the present. What if something is happening to you? Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in a friendship. Maybe it's with your family of origin where you have a distressing situation and you need somebody to rally for you. You need a cheerleader. You need somebody to respond to your distressing moment. What does it look like for you to share it with your partner and how do they respond? So many times I will come to Chad and be like, I'm so mad. And Chad is so great because he is like, I'm so mad with you. What do you want me to do? You know, <laughs> like, uh, it, do you want me to go take care of it? I don't know why I just gave you a very so weird <laughs> voice. <laughs> but we're doing it, yeah. I but I it. think- uh, But I'm matching, I'm coming to you and yeah. trying to be with you yes the way that you need me to be with you yeah right and that's that is important if, if you have this event happening in your life if if somebody at work or somebody at you know I don't know from your family of origin whatever the thing they've hurt you you need and, and this is important for Angela and I don't I don't know that it's always important for every pursuer but I know that for Angela she needs me to kind of come to her and get it. She needs me to yeah. tell her, literally, I understand what you're saying and you make sense. You're not crazy in a way. <laughs> there was yeah. an incident that happened today a couple hours before we are recording this podcast. And I shared it with Chad, not only because I knew that he would be able to respond to me, but because I knew that we mutually shared this frustration. 
but I got angry today because I was driving on the highway and I put my blinker on to merge into the lane I needed to go and two or three cars just blew right by me, disregarded my blinker and didn't let me in. And then I kind of ran, so I'm slowing down to like get in. And then I got over in a lane and then found myself like passing all of those cars who were stuck in the slow lane thinking, you did nothing by being unkind to me. As you can tell, even as I'm sharing it right now, I'm getting a little <laughs> riled up. And so I came to Chad and I was like, Chad, I got so mad at the driver sitting and Avery's in the back seat. And she's like, you tell him, mom. You know. <laughs> did she say yes, that? Yes, yes. And she so, always tells me to yell at cars, and I, I, she must get that from you. It's because of me. Oh, my gosh. It is. Okay. It's because of me. Yeah. At any rate, we can discuss that in a later episode on parenting. <laughs> but I said to Chad, this happened, and I'm mad. And Chad was like, that is so frustrating. I hate it when that happens. Uh, that's my, you know, like, he just met me there, and I just uh, felt so validated, even if it was probably not great to yell at traffic that can't hear me. It just was a moment where I shared an event that happened. He didn't cause it. It's in my present. It happened today. Might've made me feel a little bit, you know, ashamed or, or yeah. crazy, but he validated it and it felt great. And we had a good laugh about it. And our daughter even laughed about it. And then we moved forward. And so it might be way more distressing than that. A few episodes ago when we discussed the in-laws, we've actually had some feedback about those episodes uh, because they're impacting people who say, I never knew how to respond to my in-laws, respond to my own family of origin, how to even ask my partner how they were experiencing my family of origin. So we get this a lot where, hey, maybe my mom or dad are causing me some distress and I need to take that to somewhere to process it. And so I come to chat and say, hey, this is happening to me. This interaction happened. It's really got me upset. I want to share it with you. And now here we are with A-R-E, Chad's accessible, responsive, and now he's going to be engaged in my process. What do I actually need him to do? Do I need him to like call my parents up and get mad at them? Does he just need to support me? This is going back to, if we discuss temp again, you know, we're throwing these acrostics out there to you, repeating some of the stuff because we really want it to start to sink in on a daily basis with all the content we deal with. These things keep repeating. What is in my process? What is happening in my body? How do I feel? Can I share it with Chad? And then what do I need to be comforted in that moment? Yeah. Well, and and I think what you're saying is so important because if we don't have a clear understanding of what it is that is the, the T and that temp, our triggering event. If we don't know what is happening to us, what has happened, then, uh, and I'll put myself in your shoes, if I come home and somebody's cut me off and my boss was mean to me at work and, you know, my family of origin has called me three or four times and pushed on me and I, I come in. <laughs> All the it, things in one day. Uh, I mean, I'm oh just saying, God. like, I walk in and I'm like, and, and, <laughs> and you're like, and I'm not aware. You know, mm. sometimes we come in and we haven't checked in with ourselves. Mm. We haven't paid any attention to our present. You know, we haven't taken the time to slow down and become aware of how we're doing. And so really this starts with like, can I check in with me? Can I say, how am I doing? So that I can come in the door and at some level go, oh, these things are happening to me. Yeah. This day has gone horribly. You know, I know a lot of folks and I talk to a lot of people who, who really, they kind of live separate lives, but are married. Mm. And so... Even if, if that's your case, that's okay. I'm not knocking that. And if that works for y'all, that's great. But I know for me, 
being able to come home and go, ah, oh, these things are happening and it's heavy and it's hard and I don't, there, some, some choices in life, there isn't one that's good. And so I'm dealing with these heavy things and I'm not positive what to do around some of these things and somebody cut me off. And, and so you come in and you're like, man, this is just all heavy. I don't have to give my wife all the content necessarily. Yeah. I don't have to tell her the car was blue that cut me off, right? I need to say this. <laughs> my th- car, the car that cut me <laughs> off was blue. Oh, you told me that part. <laughs> but, but I do need to come in and go, oh my gosh, I got so angry. I got so frustrated. I feel like I'm in a no-win situation. And I just need to know that if I make the wrong decision, that you still get me, that yeah. you still love me, that you still want me, right? It goes back to these places where it's like throughout the day, we experience things that are hard. And if, if we don't take the time to acknowledge that pain, to acknowledge that hurt and kind of take it somewhere, it can start to become this big elephant. And then I walk in the house and I don't tell my wife what's going on. And she for sure knows on a hard day when I've had a bad day yeah. and she might assume that it's about her. And then all of a sudden we're in a big fight about what I just didn't want to talk about. Yeah. About the thing I wanted to leave behind me, but but Here came I in the house saying, with me. Why don't yeah. you want to come home and hang out with your family and be present with us? And whatever the thing is, I go in and possibly go into a bad place. And that's another whole topic we could go yeah. into. But I want to stay in this one for just a second. Because let's say Chad does come home and say, man, I had a really hard day. This happened, and then this happened. And then to add insult to injury, I got cut off in traffic on the way home. And I'm just, man, I'm in a bad place. In that moment, just like we discussed in the last episode, there might be an assumption that I'm making that I know what Chad needs there, and I'm just going to start managing it. And that, man, it just doesn't ever meet the actual need that he has. And so something we've learned, right? If we're going back to what we wish we knew, here's the thing I wish I knew way before all of this began that I'm learning, and it's still hard for me to apply it, but I'm getting better at it, where he shares something and I say, hey, just a second, what do you actually need me to do? What hat do you want me to wear? Do you want me to like go into managing mode and now I just start doing a whole bunch of things or do you just need me to listen or do you need a hug sometimes because I do want to get it right for him I am engaged and I am accessible and I do want to respond but I've learned the hard way that the bad response doesn't get what he needs and it doesn't do good for us and so I would rather get coached up just a little bit on yeah do you know what you need from me and can I possibly do that move and it might sound like then it's contrived or if I have to tell you then it doesn't mean anything but that's something that you guys will have to navigate as well and we have had to Remember the first time Chad said, I know what I need. I just need you to give me a hug and tell me you love me. And I was like, okay. And I gave him a hug and I was like, I love you. Did that work? And he was like, it actually did. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I really do love you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and we could go into this in, in other episodes, but I'm like, in those moments, all these things that are happening in our lives, they kind of, the way our human brains work, they, they kind of speak to us. Right. Yeah. I kind of internalize that message that says, am, am, am I, am I the problem? Like, mm. am I, I'm the common denominator here. Right. And do I need to rely on myself, be more efficient, be more effective, be more careful, whatever the thing is. And I come in the house and I'm like, kind of in the days of like, oh, this was a hard day and all these kind of hard things have, have happened. The world happens to me. And, and so I come in and I'm like, I need something. What the heck do I need? Right. What do I need in these moments? And if I'm clear about it and I know, and, and for me, like 
yeah, give me some, give me a hug. Tell me that I'm okay. And then even if I fail or if it all falls apart that you still love me, you do that for me, guess what? Probably I'm going to feel better, right? I'm, I, I, okay, okay, if the beam in the house from a few episodes, <laughs> if it falls, Gosh. we're going to be we're okay. We're still talking right? about the beam. Right. But I'm like, I need to know that some days. Yeah. I need to know that, that I have, am, am important enough, valuable enough to fail and still be loved. Yeah. And, and it doesn't. Gosh, don't we all need Ugh. to know that it's yeah. okay to fail and still be loved? It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, the world doesn't teach that. No. A lot. It doesn't give us that Quite message. Quite the a opposite, lot. actually. Yeah. They teach that if you fail, you're going to get rejected. You're going to get accused. You're going to get fired. You're going to get broken up with. You're going to get yeah. all the things. Uh, it makes it really, really hard. Which I think only adds to how important it is that this relationship is secure. That this is the place where we do yeah. find acceptance and security that says, I'm committed to you. I'm here with you. I want to be able to be there with you in those hard places and for you to be able to be there with me in my hardest places too. So we're kind of talking about, I guess, about three points, honestly, when we think about this. So one is I have to be aware of what's going on inside me. If I don't take the time, whether that's on the drive home and if I get cut off, if it's in the driveway, <laughs> you know, before I walk in the house, but somewhere I have to take the time to go, how am I doing? What, what is my, what has my day been like? What are, what are the triggers, the challenges that I've faced? How has that affected me emotionally? Can I really kind of dig into that? And what do I need, right? What, what do I need? Am I believing lies about myself or about my spouse or about the world or whatever the things might be? Um, and can I come into my house and say, hey, I need that, right? So one, I have to acknowledge it. Two, I have to be able to come in and, and, and acknowledge it and share it with my partner. And then the third part is, can I ask for what I need in response to that? So can I get my wife, can I get Angela to respond to me? And so there's kind of three parts to that. Yeah. Does that make sense to you, Angela? It does. And it actually brings up for me this memory of when we were dating, when we yeah. went to counseling, pre-engagement counseling. If you've heard our story, you know a little bit about us getting help to make sure this relationship went well. And the therapist said something that has stuck with us, which is that we need to be mindful around exits and entries. And so in the morning, when we exit, we pray for each other. We've already done an episode on daily bread prayers in the marriage maintenance series that we did. And so you can refer back to that if you want to like just polish up your exits when one of you leaves the other person to go to work or to go somewhere. But Chad is really talking a lot about the reentry. When he comes home or when I come home and we have been kind of disconnected all day, it's hard for us to remember that we're accessible when we have not been accessible. Yeah. And so when we are once again accessible, it's almost like there needs to be a tiny little check-in that says, okay, hey, here I am again. Now I'm in this space with you. Yeah. We're going to be responsive to each other and engage with each other. Yet I have no idea what has happened in his day. He has no idea what has happened in my day. And we don't really know at that point who needs what or who there, there needs to be like a just a moment where he might say, hey, this is what happened and this is what I need from you or vice versa. And each relationship learns their own ways to do something yeah. like this. For a while, we will operate in a way where Chad will text me or call me and say, I'm on my way home. And in that phone call, usually we will kind of say, 
here is what you're walking into or here is what I'm bringing to the house. Yeah. Like if I say, hey, this has been a really hard day and I need you to get here so we can talk about it. Or he'll say, hey, I've had a rough day. Or we'll say, hey, the day went great. What do you have planned for the rest of the night? Either way, we, we really encourage you to share the joys as well as some the of the heavy stuff. Yeah. But in that re-entry, in that back together where now we are literally and physically accessible to each other, do we need to process anything? Do I need him to be there for me? Has something happened today that has affected me that maybe isn't just I got caught up in traffic? I mean, that is a silly example that we kind of laugh about because we yeah. both get frustrated with it. But maybe it's not the silly things, but it's something heavier. And I think this really impacted me or stayed with me or is still with me or I'm still thinking about it. Fighting and, insecurities around yeah. me or whatever the thing might be. And it would be good for me to include <clears throat> him in what's happening for me. Yeah, you know, one of these... It's funny because as we talk about this, I can start thinking of like those stories and things that I've heard. But it, it reminds me of like the old cliche, the guy gets fired from work. I say cliche, but like you hear these stories where somebody gets fired from work and they never tell anybody. They just keep getting dressed and going out. Never explain to mm. their wife that they're in this struggle. Um, and, and stereotypically, the guy who just keeps pretending that he's got a job, um, hoping that he'll get, he'll get one before anybody finds out because he's found all of his identity and all mm. of his worth in this job or in this thing that he does. And so what a, what a, what a nasty way to live, right? If I'm finding all of my worth and all of my identity and what I do for a living and not sharing the struggle that I'm in with anyone, man, I'm, I'm pretty vulnerable. And our, I think our relationship is pretty susceptible, our family to, to being hurt by that, to being impacted in a yeah. really negative way. And so if I'm able to kind of like let my wife be a team member, be a part of my journey, if yeah. I can be her team member also and be a part of her journey, then we can really support each other. We can take risks together. We can, we can face challenges in the world and we can also enjoy adventures and, and go out and do things that we've never imagined we would. Chad and I both believe firmly that we weren't meant to go through this life alone. We are no. designed for relationship. We are meant to carry one another's burdens. It reminds me of a few months ago, we were, where were we? We were in Branson. We had gone to an amusement park there, a sweet place that I grew up going to called Silver Dollar City. And there was just this random thing that happened and I got inside my head and for like 45 minutes I was quiet. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around me, but if you listen to our podcast, you know that I'm not quiet for very much. Well, I think it was more like eight minutes, but <laughs> it was a problem. <laughs> I was silent, and I think Chad said to me, hey, is, are you okay? Something's going on. He noticed she has, like, shut down. My grandmother would have said she slipped inside herself. Like, in my, I was in my head, and I was going over something. And I said, really weird, the trail that I just went down, but somebody said they liked my outfit. They were like, where did you get those shorts? Remember, we were standing yeah, yeah, in line, yeah, yeah. and the girl was like, those shorts are so cute. Where did you get those shorts? And then I went back to, again, being... I was bullied a lot as a kid, I think. Golly. Girls were just mean when I was in school. Maybe they still are now. But I remember this mean girl uh, when I was in junior high made fun of something that I was wearing. And, um, and so there I am at Silver Dollar City having a good time with my family, and I am not present. I am back in junior high reliving, being made fun of, to the point that I said to Chad, here is what is happening. I think that woman who was standing in the line waiting for the roller coaster who said she liked my jeans actually genuinely liked my jeans. 
but I don't trust it because this event happened to me. And when she said, I like it, I thought, are you making fun of me or do you really like my jeans? And that was really this weird place that I got in, I got insecure. And then I started going, wait a minute, last week somebody said they liked my outfit too. Either I'm trending or I suck at clothes and I'm being made fun of again, but it's a real problem. And so I shared that with him and he was like, oh gosh, that must really be hard for you that you have carried that so long. That girl was just mean and your jeans look really cute. And I was like, oh, okay, let's go ride a roller coaster. Like in that moment. And she doesn't really like roller coasters. No, I really don't. <laughs> um, and so I know that seems like a weird example, obviously a very personal example of me going inside my head. But this is me carrying something alone, having an insecurity about it. It is now affecting my ability to stay focused with my family at a fun park where we're having a good time. And he's right there going, hey, I can tell something's on your mind. I can yeah. tell you're being affected. Will you let me into it? And I did. And then he responded, great. Just like that, I was back to myself and we had a great rest of the day. Yeah. Had I not shared that with him and I just kept trying to solve it on myself or process it myself or outperform it or whatever the thing is, and then, it, then it lingers. Yeah. And then I'm stuck with it. And he's like, is she mad at me? What's going on? She must not be happy. Here we go in all kinds of cycles trying to read each other's minds when it's an easier fix if he says, is something bothering you or can you share? And I do. And he responds. He's accessible, responsive, and engaged in that process. So that takes us to our connect point. And I, I, I hate to wrap us up because I think we could talk about this. Really, we could talk about yeah. this for a long time. But, but we want you to try to do this. We want you to implement something where you come home and, and you're going to take a few minutes to say, how am I doing, right? How, 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 have I, how has my day been? What's happening inside me? And see if you can kind of distill it to a few poignant points that you would like to share with your partner. If your partner is available and accessible and kind of knows how to respond to you, um, then we would encourage you, take that information, take how you're doing as you enter the house, share it with them, and, and ask for them to respond to you if, yeah. if that's possible. Take the time to do that. We really do. I think if you do this, if you, if you practice those exits, being intentional about like saying good things and praying blessings over your family before you leave, and you really are intentional about how you come into the house, how you engage with your family, and let one another know how you're doing as you start your evening, it changes some of the dynamics. You can avoid a lot of the fights just by being open and honest about how you're doing. And Honestly, for guys, and, and I think withdrawers in general, not all withdrawers are men, but with withdrawers, sometimes we don't want to say there's a struggle because that means something bad about us. But I want to encourage you to let your partner in and ask for what you need yeah. so that it can be comforted and we can start to kind of move forward and have better nights. Just a reminder, we really appreciate that you're listening to this. We feel like it's an honor that we get to journey with you in part of your relationship and in your process. We would really appreciate it if you would share this with somebody who you think might benefit from it. And if you have a moment, you can like us on iTunes or Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch up with you in the next episode.